Hello, and welcome to this edition of Muscular Pro Wrestling Volkswagen. I am technically, if I can be really frank with you, not on my way to my lifting class. But I have a meeting before the lifting class, and it's really close to where the class is, and so I wouldn't have time to record. And at any rate, I am muscular at all times. So even though I'm not directly on my way to increase my swollenness, I will be doing that later. I feel like it's okay. It counts, right? Anyway, welcome. So how are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing okay. I'm getting ready to go on a bit of a journey. So I will not be going to my lifting class. So... It may very well be that you could enjoy an episode of Muscular Pro Wrestling My Mother-in-Law's Condo or Muscular Pro Wrestling Grandma's House. So, get ready. I hope I'll be able to like work out there, I guess. Oh my god, I've become that person who is like, where's the gym when I'm traveling? Ooh, okay. Alright. That's a fine, that's a person to be. Try not to be a dipshit about it. <laughs> Just kidding, I'm a dipshit about literally everything. That's like my thing. And I'm not saying that as a way of like insulting my intelligence. It's just sort of like, I know I'm a really smart person. It's just that I'm also a complete fucking dipshit. You know? Big dipshit energy. That's me. Okay. So, I think you will be perhaps a little bit shocked to learn that I would like to talk about the Golden Lovers today. This is a topic that I don't think I've covered before on Muscular Pro Wrestling Volkswagen, considering that I've only published three episodes at this point. I don't really know how people are finding this quote-unquote podcast, but as you may know, I've written about the Golden Lovers a whole bunch. They're my favorite tag team, and so I was really nervous and excited to see their match against each other, which was the B-Block final of the G1. I think because I have written so much about it, people were like, what's gonna happen, Rachel? I had no idea what to expect, actually, going into it, because there's just so many ways it could have gone. And um, I did a little tweet thread about their last match at Budokan, what implications that would have for this one. You can see my tweets at effingboring, E-F-F-I-N-G, B-O-R-I-N-G on Twitters. Their last match at Budokan was nuts. It was like fucking crazy. And they almost killed each other. And in fact, that is why they said they didn't want to face each other again. I think last year in the G1, they were kind of ambiguous about it. I took it that way, but I think a lot of people took it as like, we'll kill each other because there's a lot of bad blood between us. But sometimes you have a person in your life who just kind of like gels with you and shares a brain and you can escalate each other really quickly creatively and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's really bad and it's probably really bad when you're the sort of person who's willing to jump off of things or to kick your partner in the face so there's that dynamic they seemed like they wanted to avoid that dynamic and they both were like i don't want to do this i don't want to fight him i watched the match the first time as i was watching it i was kind of like do i like this? Is it good? Because, like I said, I didn't know what to expect, but it also wasn't quite what I expected. I guess I didn't expect it to be just immediate balls to the wall, okay, we're fighting now. They dealt with it in interesting ways, trying to figure out how to, like, move past that moment where you have to, like, 
kick your significant other in the face, you know, for work. And we know from watching Being the Elite that they had a cute little hug backstage and it was like right before they did their entrances. But Kenny came out in the leather jacket with the sneer and the aviators and the gun fingers and stuff. Kenny was the cleaner. And we haven't seen the cleaner in a really long time. In fact, we probably thought that the cleaner was gone. But I think that, or at least my interpretation of the story that I'm gonna do because I like looking way too far into things and I'm super extra, is that Kenny needed to have all the trappings of the cleaner so that he could go into that place in his mind. Because the last time that he was able to convince himself that what he really wanted was to hurt Kota Ibushi, even though none of us believed him. That's who he was, he was the cleaner. And that was how he got there. And you could see it from the bell. He was in that mindset already. Kenny was all business. He was ready to punch Kota in the face. And Kota, in contrast, clearly did not have a plan for how he was gonna get to the place inside of him where he could hurt Kenny. And that's why he started the match by crying, which I really identify with, same Coda. And also like not really doing anything for the first five minutes. Kenny just kind of kicked his ass for five minutes. One of the just absolutely vast and infinite reasons that I love Kota Ibushi, I don't know if I've ever said that before, just like as a little side note, I really love Kota Ibushi and he's my favorite wrestler. I think I hadn't made that clear before on this podcast, but I love Kota Ibushi, my entire soul. He's actually the only person that I've ever loved in my entire life. One thing that I love about him, of the infinite number as I just said, is that he's a really good baby face. As you can tell, he has a great face. And he's so talented and dazzling and everybody gets behind him. And he does good baby face things. He's really good at making you wanna root for him and being the underdog. He's too good at what TV Tropes calls break the cutie, which is where you have like a cinnamon roll cream puff type person and the violence that's done to them is just unspeakable and even worse because it's being done to someone so wonderful and sweet. A lot of baby faces use that kind of energy to get their face on but Coda has this thing where he takes a lot of punishment, he takes 27 neck bumps, it's fine, but he gets to a point either because someone has disrespected him or because he's finally gotten to the point where he's like sick of getting beaten up, where he just does this thing and he like turns his head to the side and it's like a horror movie and you get murder coda. And then he just fucking starts hurting people. And I like it because it's not just like anger of a gentle man. It's not like, oh, you've made me angry. You've pushed me to my limit. It's like, no, actually, I really am going to take great joy in hurting you. <laughs> and so when you get murder, Coda, he's vicious. He enjoys hurting people. He's sadistic. And I love that. He's very in the moment and emotional. And so he can go a whole match without murder, Coda. And he puts on really good matches without murder, Coda. But I think all of his best matches, murder, Coda shows up. Kenny, the part of him that's the cleaner is still in there. He can still get there. He can assume the cleaner. He puts on the sunglasses and the jacket and the sneer and he can kind of like get himself there. And that's what he did when he came out. And Coda, on the other hand, is only murder Coda when someone pushes him. He doesn't have it outside the ring. He's a really demure person outside the ring. He has to be pushed into that. 
And so he came in, in true Kota Ibushi fashion, without a real plan as to how he was going to do it. And this is how he said he was going to do stuff for the entire G1. He was like, I'm not going to think too much about it, I'm just going to do it. So, much like me, as I said, he spent the first few minutes of it crying and falling. Which, again, same. There was a good amount of like, hey, why are you hurting me? I love you. And even though it was very obvious why it was happening, but the cleaner kind of like goaded Ibushi into becoming murder Coda. Almost like he wanted that. And I thought it was going to be angsty and hand ringy, but if you were expecting those like insane spots like the infamous balcony moonsault that got Coda banned from Budokan in their first match six years ago, you didn't get that. There were still plenty of things that made you clutch your neck in terror, but not as many of the really, really dangerous things, which is good. That was a thing that they resolved to do and they were able to do. I think the thing that I liked best was that it was kind of like their reunion in a lot of ways. And when I say that, I mean when I saw their reunion. Much like how I felt with this match, at first I was like, wait, do I want this? Is this good? And then I was like, oh, yes I do. This is very good. I've only been seriously watching wrestling for about a year and a half. But the Golden Lovers story was what got me into wrestling. And so I kind of feel like I'd been waiting for their reunion for my entire life, right? And so I'd been thinking about how is it gonna go? What's gonna happen? And what I wanted was sort of like, Coda needs to beat down Kenny so that they're even. Kenny betrayed him, Coda gets his revenge or at least becomes equal to Kenny or whatever. And then they can reconcile because now they're on equal footing. But first there has to be some like blood about it. First, Kenny needs to pay for what he did. And that was kind of what I wanted before their reunion, but I was thinking in wrestling logic and they surprised me because they did something that wasn't wrestling logic. They did real life logic. Instead of, I need to get revenge because what you've done, I can't forgive you. What they did was, I don't really care how I should feel or if I should be angry or not or whether I should forgive you. I don't give a fuck about should right now. I'm not me without you. And that is real as hell. Like, I don't know if you all have ever been in this type of relationship, but when you have a breakup like that with a person who is that important to you, it's not clean. It's never clean. And that's what they did. There was no Coda needs to even himself out. He did it by forgiveness instead of by making Kenny pay for it with his teeth. In wrestling logic, the scenario I came up with would have probably made sense, but they didn't do wrestling logic. They did real fucking life logic. A lot like their reunion didn't follow wrestling logic, this match didn't follow wrestling logic either. You would think that they come in, they hand ring about how they have to hurt each other, they get to a place where they can hurt each other, they do it, they go, oh my god, what did I do? I'm sorry. And like, they have to look at their hands afterwards and realize, oh my god, I actually was able to hurt someone I love, how did I do that? And then there's gonna be resentment on Kenny's part because he really wanted to win and he's never beaten Coda. And Coda's just kind of happy to have gotten by by the skin of his teeth, but he knows what it felt like the last time he beat Kenny and what happened after that, which was not good things. I've said before that the, um, the, 
their first Budokan match was kind of the beginning of the end of the first iteration of the Golden Lovers, because that's where the resentment and stuff became unavoidable. So you kind of would have expected all that to come to a head. In the aftermath, you know, maybe they won't be able to talk to each other and it'll fucking break all our hearts and everything. You'd expect Kenny to be a little bit bummed that he lost and like trying to, trying not to resent Coda and trying not to hate himself and whatever. You would expect that Coda was like, oh, this is like a victory, but it doesn't feel like a victory because I had to beat up my best friend and lover, right? But that would be wrestling logic. And they didn't do wrestling logic. Just like their reunion, it was not wrestling logic. It was real life logic. It was like they had to go to a weird place in their heads to hurt each other. And when it was over, they were relieved. And both of them were like, I don't really remember what happened in the backstage comments. And Kenny, instead of being like, oh, you know, well, I'm gonna try not to resent my lover here. He was just like, I'm Kota Ibushi's biggest fan. Hello, I'm sad that I'm, I lost, but I'm fucking stoked that Kota Ibushi won. That guy's amazing, have you seen him? He wasn't like trying to continue their quote unquote feud or anything. He just was a guy who was really fucking excited for somebody that he loves. <laughs> Even though it kind of came at a cost to him, it was a cost at this point that he was willing to pay in contrast to the last time that Kota won at Budokan. Instead of having anything that kind of conformed to wrestling logic, it was just real life. Like I'm sad I lost, but man, I'm proud of my partner, he actually said, my life partner, and that was it. They did the backstage interview together. Rivals, people who fight, don't normally do that. And they left together. And that was really lovely, I thought. Their first Budokan match, Kota was kinda on top of the world. He had KOD Championship, which is the top belt in DDT, and the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. He had both of those going in, and they were still kind of a tag team, and Kenny was pretty in his shadow. And so Kota went into it like, yeah, let's have fun. And Murder Kota did come out in that match, but the whole time you can tell that he was playing, and Kenny was just trying to keep up. And they were both amazing and dazzling, but you could tell Kota was just like, fuck it, let's do a fucking balcony moonsault. He was just thinking of ways that they could do more and more stuff together because they were the only people in the world that they could trust to do those things together. Who knew each other well enough, who were willing to do risky shit, and who they could just trust with their bodies and safety enough to do all the stupid shit that they did. So it's got to be maddening for 2012 Kenny Omega to just give everything he has and still have it fall short and know that Coda was just playing. Coda was just seeing what kind of fun shit they could do. And that's why I said that the 2012 Budokan match was kind of the beginning of the end for the first iteration of them because that is where the resentment like kind of became unavoidable for Kenny. And that was a lot of what drove him after their breakup. He had to fill the void in his life with something. So he sort of said that he just wanted to become better and better and win and win and win. And in his heart, he knew that it was because he wanted to be as good as Kota Ibushi. Kota left and wandered in the wilderness. And Kenny said, I tried to win and be amazing. I thought if I just became great enough, you would come back and challenge me. And later, what he said he really wanted was just 
for Coda to come back somehow. And that was the lever that he had, that he felt that he could pull. Very heterosexual. Classic bros centering their whole career on the bros. Pining. Bro pining. Definitely a bro activity. But yeah, partially that resentment of never being as good as Coda drove him, and he achieved more things than Coda ever did. In part because Coda didn't really care. But now that Coda's back, he does care. He wants titles. Now Kenny's the one saying, I don't really fucking want titles. Now, irony of ironies, Coda needs the validation, and Kenny doesn't. He just wants to have fun. And you might expect that to drive a wedge between them. And it would in wrestling logic. But they've both learned lessons from the shitty things that happened in their past. And now Kenny is sort of like, I am fine without titles. I mean, I have the best one and stuff. And I want to keep it and everything. But, like, my goal is to change the world, whatever the fuck that means. But, you know what, babe? I support you in whatever you want to do. I am by your side 100%. That is a shitty wrestling feud, you guys. But it's a really good love story. Their whole feud, if you could call it that, has operated by real-life logic instead of wrestling logic. By wrestling logic, if Kenny had won this match, their feud, so to speak, would be over. Because Kenny would have beaten his final boss, there would be nothing left to do. It would have made some sense to do that. To give Kenny his win over Coda and, and kind of wrap up that storyline, so if anything, so they don't have to deal with the Golden Lovers anymore, because I feel like the Golden Lovers kind of threw a wrench into the storytelling for some people. The Golden Lovers, like, doesn't make any fucking sense. Kenny's the champion. They're both important for singles purposes in the company. There's really no reason for them to be a tag team anymore, except that they really want to. Kenny even said in an interview that basically part of the reason that they reunited was because, yeah, of course they wanted to work together again. But because kayfabe is so much more strongly adhered to in Japan, they weren't allowed to be in public together. They weren't allowed to be seen in the same place at the same time. They weren't really even allowed to talk backstage at wrestling shows. He's basically said, like, it was keeping them apart in real life and it fucking sucked. So everything they do is just real life logic. Real life logic is you do whatever you can to be with the person you love. Because at the end of the day, you know that that is what's best for your heart. Anyway, hopefully this way, when their rivalry, quote unquote, ends someday, it will end at a time when Coda has been able to catch up and, oh, let's just go crazy and say he's had an IWGP heavyweight championship reign. Haha. And they're kind of equal. It should only end when they can look at each other and say we have nothing left to prove. And hey, the real life logic worked out with wrestling logic too because... Of course, that was what Kenny needed to finally beat Okada, was to be a whole person again, to have two wings. I just appreciate them so much for reminding us all the time, as often as they can, that, yeah, sure, this is a wrestling story, but this is a love story that's taking place within wrestling. (laughs) And it doesn't need to operate by wrestling logic because it's also a love story. So... 
that's my feelings on the Golden Lovers match. I probably have so many more feelings about it because I just love the Golden Lovers so much. Thanks for listening. And I hope you have a really wonderful muscular evening. And I will too. I always have a muscular evening. And uh, thank you for uh, understanding that I'm not on my way to the gym. It's okay. It's really okay. Okay. I love you. Thank you for listening. And you will hear from me again soon.